0: This is Monty in the Morning. The show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. How the heck are you? It is the Monty Show. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday. July 27th, 2022 and Donovan Mitchell is still a member of the Utah Jazz. I think the question that has to be asked now is Danny Ainge controlling the NBA trade market because it certainly feels that way with the way the Utah Jazz have hung on to Donovan Mitchell when they clearly could have made a deal. Is Danny Ainge controlling the NBA trade market? By the way... We still have not gotten any major moves after Rudy Gobert. Nope. The Utah Jazz. When's the last time you could say the Utah Jazz have made the most impactful trade of the offseason? I can't remember another time that we say that. We've got to talk Big 12, Pac-12. Can the Big 12 get $60 million per school, per season for TV money without... Oklahoma and Texas. I think they can. We'll talk about that. Does BYU have a powerful brand? And oh, by the way, Elon Musk is sharing his DNA with other people's wives. Allegedly. What? what? Allegedly. Elon is at it again. Elon is at it again. Is Elon Musk a pimp or just kind of a dick?
1: I think he's, yeah. Yeah. I'll reserve opinion on that.
0: Are you an Elon Musk guy? No. Nope. You're not an nope. Elon Musk not guy. I'm not an Elon guy. Nope. nope. I own nope. I own a lot of stock, and I want to be an Elon guy, but I'm not. We'll talk yeah. about that. It's National Chicken Finger Day. Oh, my God. And I will not be
1: held back from having chicken fingers today.
0: Do not disrespect this most important holiday. Yeah. And it is an important holiday. It is. It not. I, I, I think it is. I, I In my opinion, but you know. Uh, all right, without further ado, let's start talking uh, some NBA hoop. This hour of the show brought to you by Devry Davis at Academy Mortgage. Do not forget, we are giving away a trip to uh, see BYU and Notre Dame October 7th and 8th in Las Vegas. Two nights in a hotel, two tickets to the game, and a $250 gas card. All thanks to our friend Devry Davis and Academy Mortgage. An um, MLS number two seven eight five four five. Dever Davis and Academy Mortgage present our BYU Notre Dame drive away, uh, but we're talking jazz basketball this morning. The Utah Jazz seem to be in control of the NBA trade market. Would you agree with that? And the reason that this continues to come up is because there is zero activity happening in NBA trades right now, and Donovan Mitchell is still not a member of the New York Knicks. And depending on where you come down on this, one of the questions I think you have to ask is have the Utah Jazz ever been in this situation before where they absolutely, positively, control the NBA trade market? And I think, yeah, they do. Because if Danny Ainge were to make that trade with the Knicks today, I think things would begin to get moving. I think things, it would have a laxative effect on the NBA trade market. I think you would start to see trades moving and players flowing liberally. And yet, Danny Ainge has not made that deal with the Knicks. And yet, the Knicks remain frustrated. Was talking to several NBA people yesterday who said Leon Rose um, has steadfastly said he is not giving up six first-round picks, but he is simply put frustrated with Danny Ainge, who will not come off of his demands for Donovan Mitchell. So, Jake, are the Utah Jazz controlling the NBA trade market?
1: Yeah, I think whether you like it or not, they are. I mean, again, Danny Danny Ainge uh, has made the biggest move of the offseason so far, and, and a lot of people are going to point to, you know, the DeJounte Murray deal to Atlanta. Uh, I'm here to tell you that the Rudy Gobert deal was a bigger deal than that one Uh, and I think since the Rudy Gobert deal has gone down we really just haven't had much traction since then in the NBA trade market uh, in the big picture if you will and I think that Danny Ainge once again uh, is a wizard at this stuff he's proving his worth seemingly on a daily basis and I think if you are the Utah Jazz and you're sort of looking around the NBA landscape I think you're pretty pleased with what you with what you see in the options that you have and that's why you know, for me, I'm I'm starting to wonder, you know, if Danny Ainge doesn't just love being in this position, you know, where where you can leverage a team like the Knicks, where you can leverage, you know, Leon Rose and, and that whole organization to build Donovan's value. Because as we said yesterday and as we've been saying, Danny Ainge isn't gonna come off the price of six picks and and some players. That's that is the bar. So with that being the bar, he doesn't have to be in a hurry. There's no arbitrary timeline. So with that being the case, why wouldn't you leverage the Knicks? Why wouldn't you put yourself in the most ideal position to get the price that you are looking for? And that's why I say the the, the Utah Jazz have never been in a hurry to trade Donovan Mitchell, and we've been saying that for months and months. They're not, they're not out here calling every team in the league trying to trade Donovan Mitchell, but what I think they are doing is is they are trying to establish a price for Donovan Mitchell, and unfortunately for the New York Knicks and their fan base, I think, in my opinion, Danny Ainge is using the Knicks to gain leverage, and and that's a brilliant strategy to, to go with, if that is indeed the case, and it's my opinion that it is the case, so it'll be interesting to see. I just think right now, nothing is happening, and I don't know what you know, what trade is going to happen to sort of light the fire again? Because it doesn't seem like Brooklyn's traction is there anymore. Just- oh,
0: I, I think pretty clearly it's got to be Russell Westbrook and the Lakers. I think that's the trade that kicks all of this off. I think if 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 the, and, and by the way, the Jazz are said to be involved in that, um, I think you need one trade to get everything going. Because I think there's no doubt around the NBA today, and I don't know what you think about this, but I think, there's no doubt that people are out of patience for Kevin Durant's situation. Like they, that deal, I don't think is is a doable deal. I don't think there is a trade structure in place in the NBA that could see Kevin Durant get moved in a in a reasonable amount of time. Mm-hmm. I just think that the the Brooklyn Nets are in a position where I don't feel like and what's the right way to say this? I don't feel like the Brooklyn Nets are willing to take a, a a a write down on Kevin Durant. I think that they want an absolute haul. I think this is where Danny Ainge's trade with the Minnesota Timberwolves comes in mm-hmm. and and I think this is why Leon Rose finds himself in a frustrating position this morning because if you're Danny Ainge, why would you take anything less than an absolute haul? for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he's a guy that's in demand. There are at least half a dozen teams around the NBA that we know of um, that have have expressed interest. And I I will again tell you from what my sources at the Jazz are saying is that there is no doubt it is the Knicks. And if a a trade for Donovan Mitchell happens before training camp, it's going to be to the Knicks. And I'm not saying that does happen because, frankly, I think at this point, there is there is a a pretty common belief that this deal is not going to happen, uh, at least not before training camp, um, and I think that in all likelihood Donovan Mitchell goes to camp with the Jazz, and I think Don will be just fine with that because I think Donovan Mitchell understands that there's a lot of proving that he has to do here, and I think when you look around the NBA, if we're talking about deals that could get done or what deals more likely to get done, I don't see Kevin Durant getting done anytime soon. I don't see Donovan Mitchell happening anytime soon. I think Russell Westbrook could happen in the in the next couple of weeks. And I think that starts to open things up because the other thing you have to remember is the Jazz have a hell of a lot more business to do than just Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. They have they have got to go out and find depth at the five. There is no question about that. Um, you've got to figure out what you're doing. Are you going to bring a guy like Hassan Whiteside back to this club? Does Hassan Whiteside want to come back to this club? Can you bring Rudy Gay back into this locker room? There there seems to be a lot of dysfunction around Rudy from last year. So the question is, is Rudy Gay still a viable NBA player? It wouldn't feel like it on a, on a rebuild, right? So is Rudy Gay a guy you're moving down the line? Certainly, Boyan Bogdanovich is a guy that you could trade multiple times today if you really wanted to do deals, right? Mike Conley, I don't think Mike Conley has very much trade value at all. Talking to sources around the NBA, there is some doubt whether Mike Conley draws a first-round pick. And I frankly would not value Mike Conley at a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the Jazz and getting deals done, I actually think the Jazz could do three, four deals in the span of an hour if they really wanted to. But why would they do that? When the minute that they make a trade, the minute that they trade Boyan Bogdanovich, they they lower their ability to be a third team in a deal. So at some point, somebody's going to have to cave and the Atlanta Hawks are going to trade John Collins. Um, you know, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets are going to trade Kyrie Irving to L.A. Something like that is going to trigger a, a, a landslide of trades and I... Jake, I think I think Russell Westbrook could be the first guy in that in that that cycle.
1: Yeah, and it wouldn't be surprising if it was. I mean, the Lakers are usually in, in the middle of a lot of different things. Um, but I, I think that I just think that, you know, like looking like last night when we were trying to figure out, well, you know, what kind of conversation do we want to have today? Like what are we where are we at on this whole Donovan Mitchell situation? And I just started thinking like, hey, like if we look back over this offseason and you look back to you know how the how this past season ended and 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 what Danny has done so far even from the beginning even from the Rudy Gobert before Rudy's trade happened right Danny's been leveraging the league and i think like if you look at Ru- the Rudy situation this is kind of what got my mind spinning on this what did we know about the Rudy Gobert situation well we knew That Atlanta was definitely involved. Chicago was a couple of picks short to make the deal, so they were definitely chasing it and trying to put a deal together, but they needed to go out and make another deal to get picks to acquire Rudy Gobert. And so then Danny just goes to Minnesota and Tim Connolly and gets a deal done. And that's that's the crazy part. Danny Ainge is elite at identifying situations and saying, okay, I know I've got these guys over here who want Rudy, and I know I've got one guy that I'd like to trade him to. How does that impact my ability to make other deals? And and I'm telling you, he is a wizard at it. And, and I look at the position he's put himself and the Utah Jazz in, and I don't really feel like you could ask for much better. I don't really feel like you could be in a better position right here today sure does the roster need work absolutely do do does there need to be some defining on whether this team's in a five-year rebuild or a two-year retool yeah sure but I think his actions are going to define that so that's why I say yeah I don't disagree the Lakers are probably you know going to be involved in a Russell Westbrook transaction and I think if you're Danny Ainge it doesn't make sense to act now you can't be first you have to be you have to execute at the right time, not the not be the first team, because you lose your leverage. So that's why I say I just think Danny Ainge has done a, a magnificent job this offseason so far.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt. And and I see all the comments, like, and I think um, one that's really interesting, Samuel Ortiz says, contrary to y'all's belief, Ainge will not get what he's asking for. But I think this is the magic of what Danny Ainge has done over his career. Yeah. What he's asking for and what it'll take are two completely different things. I mean, if you're talking to the New York Knicks right now about about Donovan Mitchell, you're asking for six first-round picks, three young players, and a vet to make the salaries work, right? And for my money, you're not getting that. But you don't know until you ask, right? I mean, how much is Donovan Mitchell worth? Well, let's find out, right? I think that Danny Ainge, in And I've gotten varying answers on this in people I've talked to, but I think Danny Ainge should take four first-round picks, three young players, and a and a veteran to make it work. That's every day. The problem is the Knicks aren't willing to pay that. Mm -hmm. I think the Knicks would be fine giving up four first-round picks, but I really don't think they want to give up. You know, Toppin and Grimes, and I don't think they want to give up a package of young players and four first-round picks. Yeah, I think the biggest issue depending on who you believe and which way the wind is blowing, I think the biggest issue is not actually the draft picks. I actually think that they don't want to give up quickly and grimes in in, in the same deal. I, I don't think they do, and I don't think I would either because is Donovan Mitchell a- as effective as a player if he is your number two point guard? Is he as effective as a player if 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 he and Brunson are not on the floor at the same time? And the answer is no. So how do you fix that? You keep down at the two and you have quickly at point. Or like the Knicks would be giving up an awful lot of flexibility if you're giving up four first round picks and three young players. And it just doesn't make sense because then you got to turn around and you got to pay R.J. Barrett. And that's an awfully expensive proposition. On top of what you're already paying Jalen Brunson, on top of what you're already going to be paying in, in a perceived trade to happen in Donovan Mitchell... It just doesn't make a lot of sense. So to your point of Danny's not going to get what he's asking for, it's not a matter of what he's asking for, in my opinion. I think it's much more a matter of what he's willing to take. But and I you, think he's willing to take four picks and three players.
1: And, and, I, and I agree with all of that. And, my, and that and that's kind of the point I've been getting at here this morning is that, okay, great. If It's not a problem the Knicks aren't ready to step up to that price no. right now. Danny's cool with that. Danny is trying to say, hey – Great, I'm going to ask for probably more than Donovan's worth because I don't want to trade him right this second. I want to be in the market. I want to be you know, influencing everybody. So I, that's why I say I just think it's brilliant what's happening here.
0: Yeah, the other thing is, and I, I think this goes to Sam's point here, is that I also think you got to understand where Danny Ainge is operating from. He's not a guy, in my opinion, that wants to do a complete rebuild. He has no need to. He has no pressure to trade Donovan Mitchell, Mm -hmm. none whatsoever. And again, this goes back to what we've been saying since December. They're going to build this team around Donovan Mitchell unless somebody shows up and blows their socks off with a trade offer. Mm -hmm. Because the other thing you got to remember is this is still a team that largely has its offensive components from last season. I think they would love nothing more than to add quickly and Grimes and Toppin and Four picks. I I have no doubt about that. But if this team shows up to training camp, and let's let's guess that they've traded Boyan Bogdanovich. You trade Boyan Bogdanovich, you add a five, this team is not going to struggle to score points. It's going to struggle to stop people from scoring points. Y'all feel me? Because you're going to play an awful lot of young guys defensively. Mm -hmm. And until Donovan Mitchell shows that he's a much more willing and able defender, he's not a very good defender at this point. They're going to score points. The question will be, can this Jazz team stop people? So it's not as though they're desperate for for offensive talent. They got to get a big, and they got to get better defensively. That's the truth about this team. They're going to score points in bunches. Will Hardy's offense, I think, is going to be free-flowing, and I think it's going to be fabulous. If you're just tuning into the show, talking about the latest in NBA trade rumors this morning here on the Monty Show, the truth. In Salt Lake Sports Talk, you know, we're unbiased. We are unaffiliated. We are owned by nobody but ourselves. So you're usually, when you're here, you can count on us giving you the hard truth about your teams. And the truth is that Danny Ainge right now, I do think is pulling the strings in the NBA trade market. Let's let's get your thoughts. Uh, Adrian Harrigan says... Who knows? Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Ainge knows what he's doing. He's going to make us a contender again here in the years to come once all these picks start panning out. I don't disagree with that. Yep. What's up, shiron 26 Jake R., good morning to you, friend. Hello. Uh, Dave Worlton says, buenos dias, dudes. Suh, dude. Que pasa entonces and stuff. Uh, <sighs> Dave. yeah, dude. Uh, looking forward to the season. Some of the funnest seasons to watch are when new teammates start to shine. I agree with that. Karen Montemayor in on the show early today. Is it true that your license plate says fluke game? Nope, not true at all. Uh, Colton Bitten, my guy, what's up? Yo, he says, you said you can't win a championship with Gobert, but now you think the Timberwolves are championship contenders. No, what I said is, you cannot win a, a championship when Rudy Gobert is your best player. Yeah. when your team is built around Rudy Gobert.
1: Which the Minnesota Timberwolves are clearly not.
0: And the Utah Jazz clearly were. The reason that Rudy Gobert can be your finishing piece is because he absolutely makes you one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. He is a shot blocker and a paint protector, and he's very good at creating space for, for his teammates. So I have no doubt that Minnesota, if they, if they can get through the West. And I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. But their championship material, there's no doubt they got to stay healthy. Um, Anthony Edwards looks like he is absolutely a tank. I mean, that guy just looks unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're seeing Carl Anthony Towns is in remarkable shape. Those guys are taking this very seriously. And when you are imbo- you know, when you are empowered and you see an entire organization moving in one direction together. I think that's awfully difficult to overcome, in my opinion. Compass, my guy, good morning, Chewy. says, Minnesota in the East, good vibes. Mm-hmm. Good good vibes. <laughs>
1: right, good vibes, right. Minnesota is. Right, good vibes, good vibes.
0: Plays in the East, according to Jake. Uh, wow, look, Tanner Plummer decided to show up well, today. Oh, well. So thanks for well. actually getting on a bet. Thanks for actually, you know, coming to the show today. My hey God. Hey, guys. Hi, Tanner. Uh, hey guys. Forrest G says, good morning. Uh, Kurt, what's up with you? George Mashika, Teddy Wayman, uh, oh, oh, Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles. Joe Kerr says, I'm here for Mrs. Monty. Well, you got some time, sir. My sweet flowering rose will be down shortly. <coughs> uh, Kenai Johnson says top of the morning? What's up? Howdy all Greg Hawkins. What's up with you? My guy, Jeremy Bolton. Good morning. You freaking casuals. Do you even talk Utah Jazz Basketball? No, and we no, don't watch it. Yeah,
1: either. you know, we don't talk it. We don't, walk, you sh- don't watch it.
0: Like, It's funny you bring that up. You're well, casual. We got to. Have you guys watched a single moment of Jazz Basketball in the comments on YouTube the other day? Like, I thought that was amazing. We haven't had one of those in a minute. Uh, Dexter Hunsecker says, let's go. Good morning. Love this show. Thank you, my man. Appreciate that. Can I? Johnson says, uh, the Jazz shot down the league uh, shut down the league with the Gobert trade. Amazing that we set a high bar for the rest of the league. It's pretty amazing. It is. Absolutely. Ryan Scandura, what's up? Good to see you, buddy. He says Ainge gets too much credit for moving off of three washed up players in Boston. Well, but it would it'd be different Scandura if it, if that's the only deal he had made. Yeah. Right. So the problem is he actually they go and get Kevin Garnett. They win a championship And then they move Kevin Garnett, and they wind up turning that into Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart. And now they're the best team in the East this year outside of Minnesota, Jake. Right. They're the best team in the East. (laughs) Right. I should stop making that joke. I personally would like an apology. Yeah, people are going to think we're serious. But, I mean, Boston's the best team in the East. Yeah. Right? So, I think Danny doesn't get enough credit. For the job he did in Boston. I,
1: I just think that, you know, obviously the moves in Boston were controversial. You know, a lot of people yeah. don't like them. Um, a lot of people, you know, do like, um, you know, my personal opinion is they were ballsy moves. If I'm being honest with you, like, I think that th- those were not easy moves to make. Those were high leverage, high risk, high reward type, type moves, and they worked out. And that's why I'm saying, like, that's kind of where my belief stems from with this whole Utah Jazz, New York Knicks situation. Would anybody be surprised if Danny Ainge came out of this whole situation having won the trade, having the Jazz back in the playoffs in in two seasons? Yeah, like, Would yes. anyone be
0: surprised? Well, no, they wouldn't because he's done it before. Exactly right. I, I think that's nail on the head. You're exactly right. I I I just think your track record speaks vo- speaks volumes about the work you're going to do. Yeah, and, and when when you have the accomplishments of a Danny Ainge, I just I, I think it speaks volumes about what we can expect going forward. Mark Barrington gives us ten dollars ten dollars Australian. What is that? Seven dollars American. Says been watching from Australia for the past few weeks great to be able to hear some jazz talk every night. Keep up keep up the great work. We have a lot Thanks, of man. listeners thank in Australia. Uh, Mark Barrington, appreciate you, man. Um, anybody that gives us uh, tips on this show, when you donate money to the show, we really appreciate that. It helps us grow. Um, if you're here right now, 191 of you, please give us a thumbs up. A like. Um, that helps. And for everybody that tips us every day, thank you so much. It really, It really helps. And again, I would remind you, 8 Mountain Time, Friday morning, huge announcement in just two days. Yeah. Game's changing, baby. Game is is. changing. Yes, it is. A big, big day coming up on Friday. Uh, Caleb, good morning to you. Says, just say he got lucky, Jake. There ain't no luck luck, about it. Cody Strickland, what's up, Cody? Good to see you, dude. Danny is the kind of guy who jacks up his house value and takes the market.
1: Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that's that's what he that's what he's doing here. <laughs> oh,
0: Cody, you are an I I think that stud. is on point, bro. You're a stud. Uh Brett Robbins, Anthony Edwards is rock hard. <clears throat> uh, um <clears throat> I'm just gonna move on. Uh Tanner. <laughs> Tanner Plummer says, sorry, I haven't been on the show lately. My wife and I recently moved to a new place, and we've been trying to unpack. Yeah, it's casual. been a pain in the neck, so I needed to sleep the last few days. Hey, get your pipe. <laughs> moving is the worst. Moving, Dude, seriously, is, moving is terrible. Tanner, and by the way,
1: moving in the middle of the summer, while that is better than moving in the middle of the winter, it's still hot as hell out trying to move.
0: Yeah, thanks for not calling us and asking us to help you move. I, I actually appreciate that. Hey guys. Very much. Uh hope everything's good, Tanner. Hope the dishes didn't get broken. Uh big L <laughs> 139 and Lennox says, Sup, y'all. Sup. Giants to the Super Bowl, yo. Okay, listen. <laughs> it's a bit early to do math. I mean
1: Yeah, you've been you've been you've been on that real stuff know. lately, huh?
0: Jeremy Bolton, welcomes back, Tanner Plummer. <laughs> uh, you know, Taryn Powell says, New Zealand viewer here. Hope we don't trade Don. You're gonna trade Donovan Mitchell. I I I think that's happening. Yeah. Who gets traded first, Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell?
1: Mm, I mean, I wanna still say KD gets moved. I, I just I've on that trade. I don't feel like it's palatable to bring him back. I can kind of understand Kyrie Irving bringing Kyrie back because you have leverage on him. I mean, what what what's he gonna do? Where's he gonna go? You know, like that's that's his that's the well, problem with Kyrie's. Kyrie's Kyrie
0: is a real asset at this point because one, you know there's a team in L.A. that's really desperate. And two, he's on an expiring deal. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot of, for a team that pays hundreds of millions of dollars in luxury tax, it feels like, I, I mean, you, I think you have a pretty good idea that the 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 Brooklyn Nets would like to trade Kyrie Irving, but they don't have to do that now. I think to get max value for Kevin Durant, that's a summertime deal. That's not a trade deadline deal. So, I think you could pretty easily move Kyrie at the deadline. I think you got to trade Durant before training camp or you're going to have to wait till next summer.
1: Yeah, and the issue is is you you want want way more than is probably reasonable for Kevin Durant. Well,
0: and, and the one thing that I think a lot of people don't talk about with the Nets is what if you bring Kyrie and KD back? And now let's get really crazy. What if you have the best record in the NBA at the trade deadline? Well, is that a good thing? When Kyrie no. Irving... Yeah, when Kyrie's on an expiring deal and Kevin's demanded a trade and now you have the best record in the NBA because don't forget the Brooklyn Nets are very capable of that. This is what I the, think is They are very capable of that.
1: We're going on five weeks since Kevin Durant requested a trade. Yes. Five weeks, dude. Not like three days. Five weeks. And I, to me, at some point, one of two things has happened here. Kevin has come off of that and said, okay... Yeah, I am willing to come back for one more season and you know, to allow you guys to to get a better deal from me or whatever. Like Kevin's kind of, you know, acquiesced, if you will, and said he'd come back. Or Kevin's not gonna play until he's traded. It's one of two things. And I frankly, if I was the Nets and that fan base, I would be a little nervous that I haven't really heard anything on this. Like nothing.
0: Well, I, I just think if you take this group back to training camp. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the East. And then you're screwed on Kyrie because you're not going to trade him. If you have the best record at the trade deadline, or if you're top two in the East and you trade Kyrie Irving, what message are you? I mean, like, how does that work?
1: Bet you weren't expecting this one. Well,
0: and then if you don't trade Kyrie at that point, he walks away in the summer. Because you know what? Kyrie Irving is going to – every win that they make, Kyrie Irving raises his middle finger a little more. Yeah. And then fully rotates it towards the Nets. If you felt like, these balls. Right. I mean, I, I I just think that's the reality of it. And that's why I think the Nets have to trade Kyrie Irving before the season starts. Yeah. Because if if heaven to Betsy, you don't trade him and you bring that group back and they're one of the best teams in the East, you're gonna lose Kyrie Irving for nothing in return.
1: I think they still make these moves. I think that the 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 Brooklyn situation is highly volatile, and I don't think yeah. that you can just bring these guys back and like hope for the best and think that that's going to be okay. And, and, and that's why I say, I'm telling you, like, whether it's your point about, you know, Westbrook in LA and that sort of being like the first domino that knocks over 10 dominoes in the trade market, or, or if it's, uh, or if it's like a Miami heat situation, I I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the first trade's going to be, but I do feel like the way this is going to go down is we're probably going to get quiet. We're going to stay quiet for the next probably week and a half to two weeks. And then I think as training camp gets close, then we're going to start to get a flurry of moves. The pressure of camp being here and your roster having to be built out is going to force people to acquiesce and and come off their asking price and make deals. And and that's
0: unfortunately just how it works this year. Well, listen, Brett Robbins um, has solved all of our problems. Okay, Um, okay. I just have Brett, I'm so thankful that you uh you, you're here. Because he says uh Mitchell for Caruso and a duffel of headbands. Maybe.
1: Maybe not.
2: Maybe fuck yourself.
0: That deal gets done immediately. <laughs> I and think so. That's like an auto, yes. I, I just, you know what? I, I think I just gotta put my headphones down. And... Man. Brett, you're asking for trouble, Brett. You are. Because now that's gonna trigger Jeremy Bolton. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> okay, nerd says Danny only trades Don if it helps the Jazz become a great team. Totally agree with that. Totally agree with that. One hundred percent. Ryan Scandura says I don't think Katie plays for the Nets even if he hasn't been traded before the season starts. Oh, come on, are you serious? But the thing I is, don't see I don't yeah. see Kevin Durant as a as a holdout player. I think Kevin cares too much about his legacy. And Kevin I don't doesn't see that.
1: have ten years left, man. No. Kevin's got like no. five years, maybe. You know, like he doesn't have forever to go here. So in uh, in I would say that he's still in his prime. I mean, he's probably got one to three seasons left in his prime, and then who knows how long it'll take him to to retire. So I yeah, I don't I don't see him holding out, but I definitely see him, you know, ratcheting up the media play, if you will, if they don't trade him, you know, as camp gets
0: closer. I think he has to do that. Yeah. Agree. Tanner says, Hey Mon, did you see the J I M M E R make the game winning shot yesterday in the basketball tournament game. I don't think it was a game-winning shot. I could be wrong. They played a night, by the way, which is a huge game for uh money team and, and the Jimma. Yeah. I should just start saying his name again. You probably should, yeah. Yeah, Jimmer for that. Uh-oh. Fe- that's like a PDH. Like, so just, one of us passes. The yeah, fuck like hell. how else would you do this job besides saying the Jimmer? Yeah. How the fuck Fucking else would you the do Jim-o? this job? I don't think that was a game-winning shot. I, I could be wrong. Tanner, you're probably right. Uh Kenai Johnson says, what do the Jazz get in return on a three-team trade that includes the Lakers and Nets? Well, and this is the big this is the big question, KJ. I think one of the, the things you got to look at is what do the Jazz need out of that deal? So if if Donovan's in that deal, you're getting Ben Simmons in return. I don't think that's a return at all. If Donovan's not in that deal. And it is a Russell Westbrook-Kyrie Irving swap, which I've heard. Um, you would take you would take Russell Westbrook in return. You would get draft picks, um, two future ones from the Lakers and a future one from the Nets. And you would buy out Russell Westbrook. I don't think that's a return. Um, because then Boya Bogdanovich probably winds up in Los Angeles, um, which is a huge upgrade for them in my opinion. Um, I don't know. I, I I think that Nets-Lakers jazz trade is awfully difficult to pull off. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people are talking about that. I want to say it was Winhorst who was talking about that yesterday. I mean, the bottom line is Donovan Mitchell hasn't been traded yet. And I think it is playing out just the way that that we would have expected it to play out. I mean, the Jazz are not going to trade Don unless they get a huge haul in return. Yeah. You know, it's got
1: to be a no doubt about it offer. Yeah,
0: Taryn Powell says you guys said Mitchell wouldn't be traded a few weeks ago. Well, he hasn't been traded, yeah. and I I still maintain that they're not going to trade Don unless they absolutely get a, an unbelievable return. Yeah, unbelievable. I
1: mean that we've been very consistent on that messaging for like the last month. I mean um, that's what we've
0: said. Yeah. Yeah, Hib says, uh, holy crap, 6,000 followers already. Y'all going to hit 10K by the start of the regular season? Dude, we're working on
1: it, man. Amen. I'm telling you. Hey, again, be here Friday. Trust, just trust me. Be here Friday. Friday's a pretty trust big day. Me, we're not Hib. even hyping that. Like, but Friday's yeah. a pretty
0: big day. Like, it is. Yeah. Eight Mountain Time, big announcement coming Friday on the show. You're welcome. Um, It's, it's going to be remarkable. Here's the deal. I'm uh, the best there is. The next six weeks two months on this show are going to be crazy. If you ain't first, you're last. You know, um, and again, I want to remind you, uh, everybody just tuning into the show, we are sending two listeners to see BYU and Notre Dame in the Shamrock Series in Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, You get two tickets to the game, two nights in a hotel, and a $250 gas card to get you there. And it's all courtesy of our good friend, Devery Davis at Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278 545 Debra Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. And I just got to tell you, with the way that the real estate market is working right now, there's absolutely value in the market for you to be had. Um, but you got to be a cash buyer. And whether you have, let's call it $400,000 to buy a house in cash, you have it. Because when you go to Debra Davis, he makes you a cash buyer. And the thing is, you hear all of these guys say, oh, we're the we're the mortgage guys. Hey, we're... But, You don't want a big team of people that look at you as a commission check, that look at you as a number. When you go to Devery Davis, you're dealing one-on-one with the man. And the reason that you get such a high level of service, and when I say that, a high level of service, take my advice on this, he's done three mortgages for me and my family. He's done mortgages for just about every one of my friends. Mm -hmm. Devery Davis gives you that personal service. You can call him, you can text him anytime you want. When you have questions, when you listen, when you're out in the market and you're looking at houses, simply text Devery Davis an MLS number and he'll tell you, "Hey, this is what it is. This is what you're you're eligible for. This is what we can do. Hey, how about this program or that program? Can't do FHA, got to go conventional." Like all of those things that you need to make a quick, educated, informed decision when you buy a home, Devery Davis is the guy to do that for you. That's why you need to call him today. 801-543-9666. 801-543-9666 for Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage, NMLS number 278-545. And just call Devery today and say, hey, I heard about you on the Monty Show. Thanks for supporting the show. By the way, I don't think I could buy a house because I can't afford a down payment. Because Devry's going to tell you, hey, there's a program to help you with that. Mm-hmm. You want to buy a house, but you don't think you have the money to, to afford a down payment? He's got a plan. Call Devery Davis, Academy Mortgage, today. 801-543-9666. NMLS number 278-545. Devery Davis and Academy Mortgage are equal housing lenders. If you're just tuning into the show this morning, great to have you here, all 234 of you. Give us a thumbs up right now. We're talking about the latest headlines in the uh, NBA uh, trade market, free agency, et cetera, coming up here in about 10 minutes. We will get you the latest on the Pac-12 and the Big 12, and wait until you hear what Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren said about essentially Oregon joining the Big
2: Ten.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And one of the big questions we're going to ask here in about 10 minutes is, what is BYU's brand power? Does BYU make the Big 12 a better conference? That's coming up in 10 minutes. Let's run through some of your comments here on the NBA Uh, Brett Robbins says, real talk, Jazz fans. Do we want quickly Reddish Grimes and six picks? I'd rather have Mitchell, even if New York did want to do that deal.
1: Man, give me that opinion, boy. Give me that opinion, because I can't say I disagree. Can't say I disagree.
0: I am, and I think I've said this before, but I am 100% Team Don. Yeah. I don't believe the Jazz should trade him. Whether they're rebuilding, retooling, I don't care what you want to call it. Donovan Mitchell is the prototypical NBA stud. And my opinion is he's going to come out a better player this, this year than he was last year. And I think he's going to score 30 points a game the first half of the year. I think he's going to be an all-star. I think he's going to, he is really going to push for, for second-team All-NBA. I'm for real. I think he's going to be a huge impact player for the Utah Jazz. I would not trade him. If Don's on this team, they have a chance at the playoffs mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. If he's not, they don't. And I think it really is as simple as that. And for everybody that's saying, well, they won't trade him until after the, the All-Star game. Well, the problem is to trade deadlines before the All-Star game. Pack your shit. Let's go. So you either trade him or you're going to hang on to him. I I My strong opinion on this is Donovan Mitchell, if you trade him, it's a mistake. You're not better the next day than you were when you had him. Yeah. You should not trade Donovan Mitchell. My guess is at some point they're going to do that. Because I, I think there's a sucker born every day. Yeah. I think there's pressure on Leon Rose to make this deal happen. Because Nick fans have an appetite for Donovan Mitchell. He is a New Yorker through and through. I think they want it. If I'm a Utah Jazz fan, I am hoping and praying that this trade doesn't happen. Because, again, if it is quickly Grimes, you know, I mean, I would rather have Cam Rennish because I think he's a very good defensive player. Let's say it's quickly and Grimes – Cam Reddish, four first-round picks. Mm. That's a three-year rebuild minimum. It just is what it is. I mean, Quickly and Grimes are two very good young players. Neither one of them, or them combined, give you the production of a Donovan Mitchell.
1: I just think it goes against what the stated goal was from Ryan Smith. Like, Ryan Smith rolled into this organization and said, hey, the mission is to win championships, right? And the mission is not to be some bottom feeder for the next you know 10 years yeah. like the mission is to to build this team um in a way where we can contend and compete now so to me it never made sense to trade Donovan Mitchell if that's your goal now i have to agree a sucker is born every day that's totally true and i think that there is opportunity to trade him but i just i i just can't believe that Danny Ainge is out calling a ton of teams around the league trying to make it happen i think he's waiting to see what what you know, who brings his phone and then working opportunities from there.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's run through some comments. GS 400. What's up? My guess is Mitchell has asked for a trade. I can tell nah. you unequivocally. Uh, what is today? Wednesday, Monday. I was told he has not asked for a trade. It, Donovan Mitchell. I'm telling you, Donovan Mitchell is not trying to make this happen. I think Donovan Mitchell is, it would be elated if it, if it happens, But I'm telling you now, Donovan Mitchell, at no time, from what sources directly involved in the situation that guys have told me, Donovan Mitchell at no time has asked for a trade.
1: No, no, no. And
0: I I just can't say it any any more plainly than that, that Donovan Mitchell's not a guy that spends his day trying to figure out where he's going to play basketball. Because I think Donovan Mitchell realizes if he handles his own business, everything else works itself out. True. Donovan has not asked to be traded. Donovan Mitchell is not trying to force a move here or, you know, Im, you know really implement his will to get out of Salt Lake. I think Donovan Mitchell would be thrilled to win a championship wearing any uniform. And I think he realizes that if he's here, there's a pretty good chance that the Jazz are one of the most competitive teams in the West. Note I didn't say one of the best teams in the West, I said one of the most competitive. And I think if he's here and and they continue to add to this roster, I think there's no doubt that guys like Jared Vanderbilt, I think there's no doubt that a guy like Walker Kessler can impact Donovan Mitchell, and he can make them better by impacting I'm say them. This again. Yeah, I, I just I, there is no indication at any time that Donovan Mitchell has ever asked asked for a trade. Never. And he that the thing you also got to remember is that's not who Donovan Mitchell is or has ever been. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell. This is. I'll go to the Rudy Gobert situation. When people were saying that he demanded a trade, it's him or me. Which, with all due respect, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. Yeah. That's never who Rudy Gobert was. Congratulations, but that's bullshit. Rudy Gobert simply said, "Hey, I'm frustrated that I'm not a bigger part of the offense. I'm frustrated I'm a scapegoat on defense, and I want to be here. But if there's a situation to move me on, I would be open to relocating." Pack this thing up. We're And when you're making 23% of the salary cap, you're going to catch some heat when you lose. It's that simple, man. Don has not demanded a trade. He has not. Uh, Casey says, if DM didn't ask for a trade, why did the Jazz organization open phone lines for offers? Well, I don't believe they did that. This
1: is a common misconception, and I think we need to set the record straight. There is no opening or closing phone lines, okay? And and I'm not trying to hate on the commenter specifically. That's not where I'm coming from. But I want to make this really clear. There is no opening or closing phone lines. If you've watched this show for any amount of time, and this is the beauty of YouTube, go back to our show last summer. The Knicks were calling last summer before the Rudy stuff happened. The Knicks had been calling for a long time, man. And, and I think that what's changed is they're no longer calling Dennis Lindsay. They're calling Danny Ainge. That's what's changed here. Danny Ainge understands that when someone wants something, that's an opportunity for you to leverage them and, frankly, leverage the rest of the league. So, no, Donovan hasn't asked for a trade. I think Donovan, Ryan Smith, Danny Ainge, um, you know, Justin Zanuck, and Will Hardy are all in constant communication and are all very much on the same page. And so to me, I just don't, I think that this gets over, over over-evaluated, if you will. It gets over-talked about like, oh, well, you know, they're trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. No, I don't think they're trying to trade Donovan Mitchell. What I think Danny Ainge is trying to do is he's trying to get the absolute most value out of this trade cycle that he can while keeping his team (coughs) as good as possible. And keeping the Utah Jazz as competitive and relevant as possible would be keeping Donovan Mitchell, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think that the only way that you trade Donovan Mitchell is if you get an offer that you would literally be stupid to turn down. That's it. Like, that's literally it. And that's why I say Leon Rose can be all pissed off and frustrated if he wants to. But the fact is, four picks and a couple of players isn't getting the job done. It's just not in this current climate.
0: And I and I don't think that that's a, a negative or some fault of Danny Ainge. It's I, not. I, I, I think that's how I would do business as well. Uh, Travis Bird says, I'm the biggest Jazz fan around. Ask the former players they know. Uh, my name, they know by name, me by name. And I can't wait for Donovan Mitchell will be traded. I can't wait. Well, why? What is it that you don't like? Yeah. Uh, John Stredbeck. Is this the craziest offseason you all ever seen in Jazz history? Absolutely.
1: I think in league history, honestly. Like, like when's the last time we saw an offseason where nothing has yeah. really happened outside of two trades and DeJounte Murray and Rudy Gobert? Because that's it. Like, we haven't seen anything. Yeah,
0: totally agree. Jeremy Bolton. I think the only players in the NBA history where the team was never open – Listen to any deals are MJ Kobe and Caruso. Other than those three, have you? You have to listen to other teams. It's your job. Yeah, and and I think on Danny Ainge, I, I, you know what? A source told me straight up, he'd be irresponsible. He'd be derelict in his duty. Yeah, if you don't take a call from the Knicks where they're they're having conversations, or the starting point of a conversation is six first round picks, like, you you have to take that phone call. Yeah, I, I it, it has been explained to me that Danny Ainge has never picked up the phone and called a team and said, hey, I want to trade Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I, and I agree. I, I believe that. Nobody has, has ever said, well, hey, you know, like that nobody's ever said, Danny Ainge is out here trying to trade guys. Yeah, Teams called. When it got out that the Knicks and the Jazz were talking, and this is the Sacramento thing, that I, I don't believe that the Kings and the Jazz were ever seriously engaged in... De'Aaron Fox for Donovan Mitchell. Are we clear on that? De'Aaron Fox is not a franchise point guard. Yeah. I don't believe the Jazz ever would have considered that. I don't. I think the Jazz were not talking to the Atlanta Hawks about Donovan Mitchell for John Collins. That I don't believe that was ever the deal. I don't believe that the 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 Raptors and um, you know, the, the Jazz started out talking Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. I think they started out talking Rudy Gobert. But I also don't believe that the Raptors have what it takes to get the deal done. By the way, I do want to correct. I did misspeak yesterday. The Raptors do have their future draft capital. But I don't think they have a, a quickly topping Grimes trio to package in a in a trade because they're not trading Scotty Barnes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. I, I Jeremy, I think you're exactly right. But do you see
1: what's happening? And I'm just gonna keep emphasizing this. So Danny gets one call from the Knicks at a, a, a at the right time, and it somehow, someway, huge air quotes leaks out to the media that the Knicks and Jazz are talking, and now you've got like eight teams calling Danny Ainge. That's precisely what Danny Ainge wants, man. Like it's a
0: perfect scenario. Yeah. Uh NY Jazz fan says it's hilarious to see Andy Larson actually watching your show. He writes things trying to clap back childish and hurt. He isn't the go-to jazz source. I look, I don't I don't dislike Andy. Andy and I disagree pretty regularly on on things. And I I don't have a bone to pick with Andy Lark. I don't know. Andy and I have never met. I, I this Andy Larson thing, the only thing I have ever disagreed with Andy on is the way that he's gone about reporting things about Donovan Mitchell. And he has been called out repeatedly by Don. I don't know Andy. I have no idea if he's in his mom's basement. Somehow when you're the beat writer for the Utah Jazz, I'm guessing he can afford a mortgage. I mean, that's a he guess. He should call Devery Davis. He probably should call Devery Davis. Yeah, he should call Devery Academy Davis. Mortgage, yeah. but you know. Obviously. I mean, come um, on. It, It is what it is. The media in this town is owned and operated by the jazz. The media in this town is owned and operated by BYU. Yeah. By Utah. There's one show that is independent and unbiased and you're watching it. That's it. I mean, I don't have a bone to pick with Andy. It's something that, frankly, if I can go back, I probably would never have brought him up on this show because we hear about it on a regular basis. I'm sure that Andy Larson's doing the best job that he can do. Yeah. I, I, I have no doubt about that. Uh Brett Robbins says, dollar store James Knight. Okay. Gabe Ledley says, doesn't matter if Raptors have their future draft capital as long as the Timberwolves are standing in the way in the East. Well, there's that. Yeah. Right, Gabe, I think. That's I mean, that's exactly that's right. the best point you could have made. You know what I mean? By the way, cool thing for Gabe Ledley last night. Yeah. Really? Gabe cool, Ledley actually. is a Phoenix, Arizona guy. And Gabe's son is kind of a um you know, he's frankly built after his dad, so he's an athletic prodigy. Are uh, people miring? <laughs> Gabe Ledley's son got to do the hot dog race at Chase Field last so night. So amazing, dude. And Gabe's, Gabe's... And I think Gabe doesn't mind me saying this. Gabe, Gabe's got a kid that's a passionate baseball fan and a wonderful flag football player, by the way. Uh, but Gabe's son is a baseball player, and all the kids got to go to the game last night. And Gabe and his friends... Gabe's son and their, his friends... Got to do the hot dog race on the, on the jumbotron PA and are last. Can you imagine that I, that my greatest memory as a kid was Leon Durham, the Chicago Cubs, when they actually used to let you on the field to hang out with the players for Kodak photo day, right? I'll never forget it. The, the, one of the greatest moments of my life was Leon Durham, who was my favorite player. Good old Leon, Durham, the bull. Yeah. Leon put his arm around me to take a picture with me on Kodak photo day. Uh, that was amazing. The moments like being in the hot dog race at Chase Field. Yeah. They'll never forget those moments. Yeah. Never. And it's it's just so cool, Gabe, that that you're that Little Lope got to do that. I, I just think that's amazing. That is amazing. GS four hundred. Danny Ainge built the the current Celtics teams. The jazz are in good hands. I would agree with Agreed. that. Agreed. Absolutely. Um Jordan Clarkson destroys ankles, says uh, a Tim Montemayor versus Andy Larson boxing match would be worthwhile on pay per view. I'd pay to see that. Nah, man, it ain't like that. Yeah, it's just not like see, that. I, it's not. I think people with me.
1: want it to be like that, and it's, nah. and it's just not. And and I and I think that you know, again, I, I, we're in a place where our work speaks for itself, frankly. And and again, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Be here Friday. Things are changing. That's all I'm gonna say. And I think that I think that. Listen. Everybody puts out their best effort, and it doesn't need to be personal. It doesn't need to be some big deal. Like you, you're here listening to our show. Let's talk about the Jazz. Yeah, and
0: by the way, I, I, I it's I don't know Andy Larson. I know yeah. is he a good guy or a bad guy? Is he? I have no idea. And it doesn't matter. I, I don't care. Yeah. He, I, I'm talking about Andy Larson, the beat writer. Yeah. And the things I've disagreed with him on, or Spence, or anybody else in this town. I, it's all professional. I don't know those guys personally. I I have never met Spence Checkets not one time. I do not know him, so I, I it's not personal to me. Giggity says, uh, did Little Lope win the race? I hope he wasn't relish the worst condiment for hot dogs. N- it's not a condiment for hot dogs, dude. We're maybe. gonna get to
1: condiments later in the show, and I swear to God,
0: Giggity, why would you come in here and say something like that about a hot dog sandwich? So get your facts straight. Relish is not a condiment for hot dogs. <clears throat> Man, the force of this is inaccurate. You guys are just turning the screws today, aren't you? Good to see you, giggity. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, uh, the Tim Jake Gunther show. First guest, Luca's mom. Boom, nailed it. Boom. That's the announcement on Friday. Yep. Kyle Gunther is leaving Salty Peaks. No, I'm kidding. I'm, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring up Kyle Gunther. It's, it's
1: it's honestly hilarious. We
0: were talking to a friend of ours yesterday, and he brought up Kyle Gunther. I have no... I. I Honestly, I think you or Jeremy Bolton is the one who said he saw Kyle Gunther at Salty Peaks, which, by the way, is a great store. Yeah, I love Salty Peaks. Um, I don't know what Gunther's doing. I have no idea. I I hope he is well. I have no idea what Gunther. Somebody asked me yesterday, like, hey, what are you guys doing? What's he doing? Where's the where's Gunther? I have no idea where Gunther is. Uh, Greg Hawkins. LOL, I'm eating a Chicago-style hot dog right, right now. God. Relish rules.
1: Dude, You okay. it's 722 Mountain Time. I haven't had a damn thing to eat in like 12 hours.
0: Yeah, and I'm You're, starving you're, you're, right you're out here talking <laughs> about hot dogs. But Greg Hawkins has a little different of a palate. Like, he's more refined as a foodie. Mm-hmm. He is is a tasty burger. He's a little more refined. Thank you for the tip, Greg. Appreciate it. James Knight. Andy's a good guy. Caught up with him when he was down here from, for Australia versus USA exhibition game. I'm sure he is.
1: So that's what I mean. Like, it's just not like, I think in this, I feel like happens in the media all the time, not just here, but like just generally speaking, big picture things. I feel like in the media, the, the, a lot of, a lot of people want to make it all personal and everything. And they, in, in people like listeners or consumers of content, think that just because we disagree with something that Spence said or Andy said or, like, whoever, that it's personal. It's really not. Like, I just, we on the show just weren't a big fan of some of the way things went down. So we talked about it. That's what we do because we don't have a boss. We're not employees. It's our show. We can talk about what we want. So, it, just, it like, we don't know these people like that.
0: Gabe Ledley says, Little Lope was the only appropriate condiment for a hot dog sandwich. Mustard. No, you yes, mean- yes, yes, yes. You mean ketchup. He was mustard. Would have been walking home if he chose ketchup. (laughs) What? (laughs) Again, I'll die on the hill of ketchup belongs on a hot dog. And it's National Chicken Finger Day. And I'm telling you now, if you come in here at the end of the show and say that ketchup belongs on chicken fingers. I'll drop that motherfucker. Don't. Don't. Jeremy Bolton says, I wouldn't say Greg Hawkins' palate is refined. He likes blue cheese. Ooh, good point. Oh, he do
2: not know nothing. Good
0: point. Good point, Jeremy. Appreciate you saving me on that. Uh, all right, a couple more. Then we go to Big 10, Big 12. Uh, Forrest G., don't forget we got a uh, first for Buckets or Bench. Yeah, you did. And, but do you see yeah, that you did. again?
1: See, this is my point. Danny is doing a wonderful job. Like a first for Buckets or Bench, all that draft capital yeah. for Rudy. What's next?
0: I'm telling you, he's cooking something, man. Yep. Rance, uh, good morning, too. He says, maybe play in the West is getting better. Blazers got better. Everybody got better. The West is
1: deep as hell, dude.
0: Everybody. I mean, Denver's better. Minnesota certainly is better. Golden State's better because they haven't made any trades. Yep. Uh, I have to think. Phoenix is just as good, I would think. Well, I was going to say the Clippers are better. But I, I, we need to see them on the floor. If the Clippers are healthy and Kawhi and PG are there, they're better. Yeah. I don't know what the Lakers are going to do. I still maintain if the Lakers are a, a healthy club, they're the best team in the West. I, I, with with LeBron James, the mid-range shit that he's showing off, excuse my French, the mid-range game that LeBron James is showing is unbelievable. Right. I mean, it, it, the work that he has done, what you saw LeBron James do with the Drew, dude, I mean, he he's doing things now better than he has done them in the last five years. How is that possible? How is his vertical larger than it was in the past? How is his ability to shoot the three, to shoot free throws, to hit the mid range and dunk on dudes better than it was two years ago? I if they're healthy and if Street Clothes Anthony Anthony street, street Clothes days. If he's healthy, I'm telling you, they're one of the best teams in the West. I, they just are. I'll believe it when I see it. Kani Johnson. KJ says, did the Jazz get better or are we still waiting to get better? They're waiting to get better. Yeah. Uh, Giggity says, uh, at Ryan's uh, Scandura, you know who puts ketchup on chicken fingers? My two-year-old nephew. You don't put ketchup on. Please, please don't. Don't. No. No. I'm not. No, not now. Not yet. Caleb says, uh, "With you on that, L.A. hasn't gotten a fair shake since 2020." Yeah, I think that's tough. All right. Uh, final uh, comment, and then we talk football. Jeremy Bolton. Speaking of regrettable decisions, relish on a hot dog. I went to Chipotle last night and I regret. Gre- gre- Hello. I regret my life choices. Mistakes were made. Me and the porcelain god became very close. Oh no. Did. did <laughs> That drop always <laughs> stifles me. Every single time you play at that tr- that drop stifles me. <laughs> oh. Jeremy, did you get? Oh, you're gonna have to tell that story now. <clears throat> you're gonna have to. Uh, Teddy Wayman, the Lakers might be a playing team if they stay healthy. They don't. Ha- they don't play any defense. N- not wrong. <laughs> not wrong. You know. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Clarkson again says Jeremy Bolton. Try Italian Village. Nah, bro. I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> Sherwin says the Warriors will be a lot better next season. I don't disagree with you on that.
1: Well, if that's the case, then just give him the chip now. Cause you know,
0: I don't disagree with you on that. Um, all right, let's switch gears. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Uh, please. If you're here right now, let's talk some, uh, big 10, big 12 pac 12 destruction. Yeah. Is Oregon headed to the big 10? I want to play this sound from Big Ten media day yesterday, um, because I think it is really meaningful what Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, said. He's not going to name Oregon by name. But in my opinion, it is very clear that the Big Ten is far from done when it comes to expansion. It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time with our student-athletes, academic – and athletic athletic empowerment at the center of any and all decisions decisions that we will make regarding any further expansions. We will not not expand expand just to expand. expand. It It will be strategic. It will add additional value to our conference. He's talking about Oregon. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know how, who else would he be talking about. Yeah,
1: first of all, amazing job of coach speaking and talking around it while still talking about yeah. it. Incredible job, number one.
0: I I don't see how they don't add Oregon and Washington tomorrow. Yeah, like I I mean that is the most obvious move. You just went and added a Los Angeles footprint. Yeah, if you add the pack Northwest, you're you're done like that is you're the number one conference in college football revenue wise and i think i could make a pretty good argument that that helps every team in that conference recruit and as as flawed as i think college football is right now that would be a huge testicular look at my nuts on your face, we're winning championships. Here's my thing, though. No, probably too
1: I, much. I don't disagree that it helps them revenue wise. It, it makes them a better conference. I mean, there's really, there's pretty much no downside to it. I, I don't think we can definitively say any of this expansion stuff makes the Big 12 or the Big 10 the best conference uh, out there until they prove that they can consistently beat the SEC. That's the one thing. That I think will remain to be seen. Like I think, again, from a business perspective, from a money making perspective, it's great. But when when it comes down to it, does adding, you know, teams like Oregon and Washington or the Utahs of the World, whatever it is, does adding those teams make it so then, you know, your help in recruiting, your help in revenue, your yeah. help on TV deals, does that help you beat Georgia, Alabama, LSU, like these big-time nameplate SEC schools. Because once that starts happening, then I think college football is extremely healthy when you actually have an equal playing field where everyone can compete. That's what I think is interesting.
0: Yeah, and I want to play it again because I think it's a really important thing. This is Kevin Warren. He was at Big Ten Media Day yesterday, and he was being asked, he was taking questions from reporters. And he was asked if the Big Ten is done expanding the commissioner of the Big Ten, Kevin. It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time with our student athletes, academic and athletic empowerment at the center of any and all decisions that we will make regarding any. I think that right there tells you in the right time for mm-hmm. the right reasons mm-hmm. that's right now. <laughs> I mean there is no doubt and, and and the reason I say that is I don't think anybody argues that the big Ten is moving aggressively to be to become the powerhouse of college athletics yeah and what that means is to be the powerhouse of college athletics you've got to win the football games. you've got to win national championships. It's not good enough anymore to just have Ohio State. Because I don't think anybody in this room believes in Michigan. Yeah. You have got to have more than Ohio State because Penn State ain't it. Michigan ain't it. Like you look at what's in the, the Big Ten now, that's Ohio State's conference, in my opinion. Yes. In football. I look at adding USC and UCLA. That's a huge move in basketball for UCLA, but it's a power flux in football yeah. for USC. You add Oregon to that mix, you bring in Phil Knight's money, you bring in Nike's influence. That's a power move in college football. So when he talks about the right time, the right place for the right reasons, there's no better you know, educational institution than Oregon. There is no better, in my opinion, financial uh, move to grow the conference than bringing in Phil Knight's Oregon Ducks, right? So all of the things he talked about are specifically pointed, in my opinion, right at Oregon. It makes complete sense. But the other thing that this does, and the thing that I think is so important to talk about is this supports my opinion that the Pac-10 is dead. It's over. There is there is no momentum moving forward. You're talking about a TV contract, and if you lose Oregon, again, the, the, the things that we're saying about TV contracts, I, I just don't know how the Pac-12 can survive without USC and UCLA.
1: Yeah, well, they're going to need a handout. I mean, that's that's what you're going to need. You're going to need an influx of some but variety. let's say
0: you get the biggest handout possible. What is, if you're the Pac-10 right now, Pac-12, Pac-10, suck it, whatever you yeah. want to call it. If you're the Pac-12 right now, what is the best case scenario? Well, likely that you add a Boise State and a San Diego State. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get crazy. Let's say you actually go to the Big 12 and you're able to steal Oklahoma State. It makes absolutely no sense. They uh, any Anybody in Stillwater is going to tell you, well, they're just a bunch of hippies out there in California. That's pretty much self-explanatory. Okay, so who are you going to steal from the Big 12? Yeah. Who are you going to steal? There's nobody there to steal that is a fit well, we're over here with the uh, educational institutions. We're researchers. We don't take the Mormons. And um, we're just better than you. But who are you going to... Is that San Diego State? Is is that Boise State? I'm telling you, San Diego State and Boise State's top of the mountain for the, for the Pac-12. Whereas the Big 12, top of the mountain is the Arizona schools, Utah, Colorado, Oregon, Washington... Like, there's major upward trajectory yeah. for the Big 12. Tell me the best-case scenario and what argument you can make for the, the Pac-12 to survive.
1: Yeah, and $30 million a year for schools is not going to get it done. And,
0: which is my point. When we're talking about money and we're talking yeah. about TV deals, yeah. ESPN, best-case scenario for the Pac-12, no doubt about it, ESPN comes in and you you make a deal with them. And the best deal you can make, you hit a home run with ESPN. That's $40 million a school. That's less than the Big 12's making right now. Oh, by the way, you wonder what the Big 12's trying to do? Well, why don't we why don't we hear from Mac Rhodes, the athletic director at Baylor, who was on 365 sports? Listen to what Mac Rhodes, the athletic director at Baylor, who by the way is already on the record saying, Hey, we are going to aggressively expand and grow our footprint. Yeah. He had, the athletic director at Baylor has said we're going to grow, we're trying to expand. Listen to what he said when 365 Sports asked him about a potential TV deal. I am really optimistic that we will be same level in terms of the last year of the of the Big 12 con- contract or or better. Um I, I do believe that. And and that's with and that's with 12 members, 12 members rather, than, rather than, than, 10 members. than 10 members. What did he just say right there? He never said the words Texas or Oklahoma. He never said that. He said with 12 teams instead of 10. Mm-hmm. So what did he do right there? He took Texas and Oklahoma out of the conversation, and he injected BYU. He injected Cincinnati, Houston, you know, florida like he injected their coming institutions the, the schools coming into the conference right so you start to get this idea that okay well they're at 46 and a half million dollars per school now third in third in college athletics not good but not bad right with 12 schools including byu they're going to get to 60 million dollars facts. And again, if they if if the Big 12, and I'm going to play this bite again here in a minute, if the Big 12 does that proposed TV deal with Notre Dame where Notre Dame stays independent. And I think this could be best case scenario. Yeah. Notre Dame stays independent. But you have a situation where you have a Big 12 game before Notre Dame football and after Notre Dame football on NBC and all of the NBC family networks. So, USA Network, the cock. Peacock,
1: you know, streaming (laughs) app. Like,
0: so you're getting major TV and you're getting major streaming. What if that deal's $75 million a year per school, which teams have surmised it would be? Mm -hmm. Now you're not so far behind the Big 10. Now you're not so far behind the SEC financially. And oh, by the way, now all of a sudden, teams like Washington and Oregon are open for a conversation. (sighs) Teams like Arizona, Arizona State are open for business. They're, yep. they're open for a conversation. Money talks. And my point is, the Pac-12 can't even get at the, a seat at that table. Oh, BYU, they just, you know what? This is Pac-12 country. Just go look at that billboard. What does that mean anymore? What does that mean? It doesn't mean anything. So again, listen to this bite. Mac Rhodes, the athletic director at Baylor, Keep in mind, right now today, I believe the number for the Big Twelve is they make forty six and a half million dollars per school in their TV deal. I am really optimistic that we will be same level in terms of the last year of the of the Big Twelve con- contract or or better. Um, I I do believe that, and and that's with with twelve members rather than 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 ten members. I'm telling you. I'm te- that's Mac Rhodes, athletic director at Baylor, on 365 Sports. Yeah, I'm telling you now, if if Baylor is right, yeah, and they're making sixty to seventy million dollars a year, if they're making anything more than than fifty mil a year, man, you're in trouble. Yeah, man, you are in trouble. Yeah,
1: I just don't think there's an angle. I agree with you. I don't think there's an angle for the Pac-12. I don't think that there's an angle for for that conference to 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 compete. That's the problem. It would be one, it's, it's, it's two different things. So like, it would be one thing to say, okay, well, you know, you've lost, you know, SC and UCLA. Okay. Yep. That was a big hit to the conference, but we have a way to replace that revenue. We have a way, a path uh, potentially to put some money together to be 50, 60 a school, you know, 50, 60 million a year for schools. If they had a path of that nature, then okay. Yeah. Maybe they can survive. But because you don't have a path, because there are no obvious replacements, because you can't get schools from the Pac-12 to or schools from the Big 12 to come to the Pac-12, where else are you going to go? And that's why I say this: the only option in my eyes is a merger, like of major variety, like the Big 12 and the Pac-12 just coming together. That what that to me is your only path here, or obviously just dissolving the conference. Uh, Altogether, together, having the bottom feeders go to the Mountain West and having these nameplates like I've been talking about going to the Big 12 or the Big
0: 10. Yeah, and I, I think one of the other conversations you've got to have here is how much leverage does BYU have for, in favor of, the Big 12? Because it's interesting that a lot of Pac-12 supporters and a lot of Utah supporters specifically – are talking about, like Utah Pig Bus is a guy I love following on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the best uh, Utah boosters in the business. And he's talking about last night how BYU doesn't have a brand and how the Big 12 doesn't have a school with a brand. And I'm just saying to myself, like, bro, what are you looking at? Like, And if we're being, just being, in all honesty, just be truthful about it. Right? Like we sit here every day and we tell you we're the truth in Salt Lake City sports talk. Well, let's do that. How powerful is BYU? What does BYU mean to the Big 12? Well, they've won a national championship, right? I mean, has Oregon won a national championship? No, they haven't. Has Oregon put Hall of Famers and all pros into the NFL on a regular basis? Is Oregon a QB university? It's not. They haven't. When I look at BYU, you want to talk about brand? Let's talk about brand. BYU's got a bigger brand than just about anybody left in the Pac-12. Outside of USC football. Point to me the the football brand in the the Pac-12 that is bigger than BYU's brand. Because I got news for you. And you're going to hate it if you're a Utah fan. You're not that guy. BYU's got a bigger brand than Utah. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about fan base around the world and missionaries in Guatemala. I'm talking about football. I'm talking about, let's see what you've done. Because BYU has a national championship. Everybody says, well, Utah puts guys in the NFL. Got news for you. How many Super Bowl rings recently has BYU won? Because I think it's a pile. And if I look at guys like Kyle Van Oyen, Danny Sorensen, who had no business being in the NFL draft. Well, Danny Sorensen's put together a pretty nice career with the Chiefs. Thanks. And Calvin Oy has won multiple rings. And if you you go through the history of time, BYU's actually built a pretty nice brand. And I haven't even mentioned that they went through a decade of independence and they didn't have a sheet at the table. They're just that little, little guy down south there. All the Mormons and their white salamanders. Well, that's all good and well, They went through a decade of independence, and they essentially came out the other end a shining diamond of how to succeed in college football. They've made millions. They bring tremendous value in that every time you put their game on TV, by the way, did I mention that all of their games are on ABC or ESPN? Does that have value? There's that little thing, and that's a million people. We just talked about how late-night TV and the Pac-12 is amazing because it brings a million people to the TV. Well, so does BYU, week in and week out. And you can hate it, and you can tell me I'm a BYU homer. I'm not a BYU fan. I'm not from Utah. But we tell the truth on this show. And the truth is that BYU has a much larger brand than Utah. And I think they're just as big and they have more leverage here now today than just about any other school. And the only one you can argue is Oregon. And I think BYU, their track record of success, a national championship, Heisman Trophy winners, like you can go up and down the list with Hall of Famers like Steve Young, Super Bowl champions like Kyle Van Vannoy. You have arguably the best linebacker in football. They put guys in the NFL. And BYU's got tremendous leverage. And I think part of the power of the Big 12 is that BYU is now a member. Yeah. So we can sit here and we can go round and round about brand power and all oh, the Pac 12, and you could keep looking down your nose, but you're not going to see BYU there anymore. Because BYU's up here and you're down there now. You need BYU. And that's the amazing part of this. We talk about seat at the table. I don't know how to break this to you. But there's not a team not named Oregon, and that includes Washington, by the way. There's not a team that isn't named Oregon that's got a seat at the table at the moment. Because Stanford and Washington and Washington State and Oregon State and the Arizona schools don't have a home. Because I'm telling you now, the Pac-12 is dead. So cool on you for paying for a Pac-12 country billboard. Cool on you. But before you start talking all of this this garbage about how BYU doesn't have a brand and the, and the Big 12 doesn't have any more leverage than the Pac-12 has, do some math and understand the history of college football. Okay, I feel better. You're so fucked. I feel better.
1: Good, good. Excellent, excellent. I agree with you, by the way. I agree
0: with you. I've just gotten to the point where I'm over the BS. Yeah. The Big 12, if the Big 12 wants to measure like horns on a steer. Let's do that. (laughs) But at some point you got to go and get the job done. Because the Big Ten's getting the job done.
1: Well, and I think that, you know, the elephant in the room is the sentiment from Utah to BYU over the last decade hasn't exactly been friendly. You oh, it's know? And back I think to that, bite you in the ass right now. Yeah, and, that's, and that's what I think, you know, and, and again, not even hating on Utah fan. Like, that's what I think Utah fan doesn't want to talk about. That's what I think Utah fan has no appetite for. Hey, you've been talking a bunch of junk and hating on BYU for the last decade, and now BYU, you know, went through their time. They took their beating they've you know figured out independence and now obviously are in the big 12. And now you're going to have to figure out how to survive your beating and whether you're going to the mountain West or whether you're actually going to be able to get into the big 12. You know, like I do think that Utah going to the big 12 makes a whole lot of sense. You know, who doesn't want the Holy war every single year. I think it makes perfect sense. But again, I have to agree. If you're in, anybody not named Oregon is not at the table right now. And that's the problem. Like, I am concerned about, about Utah. I am concerned about the Arizona schools. Like, I am concerned about Washington. These are, you know, not so much the Arizona schools, in my opinion, but Utah and Washington. Dude, those are nameplates. Those are those are crowning jewels in the Pac-12, you know? These are teams that need to be in a P5. And when they're not, and they're in the Mountain West, that's going to be a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is just the hate for the big 12. And and, I mean, mainly, you know, the assumption, the big 12 is dead. I financially, I just don't see that. Greg Hawkins. Thank you for the uh, $5 tip. He says, I hate BYU, but Hey, if you give them 50 plus million dollars a year for athletics in a power conference, they're going to become a powerhouse, especially Mm -hmm. under Kalani dude is a stud. Kalani Sataki is a stud. There's, there's no other way to put that. I mean, the guy, the guy is proven. The guy is absolutely proven. Yeah. Um, let's see. The big Mugamba says the right reason equals money. The right time. Whenever the money comes. Yeah. And I exactly. Think, I think, right now, Oregon's the money in the PAC 12, Oregon, is, Oregon is the money in the PAC 12, you know, like it is what it is. Greg says, Hey, BYU. I know we've had our problems and we've beat that ass nine in the last 10 years, but can you put in a good word for us in the big 12? Sincerely, Greg. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Luis Ortega. Says, hey, jazz fans from uh, jazz fan from Yucatan, Mexico. What's up, man? Good to see you, Mexico. Appreciate you guys being here. Um, let's run through some of these comments. Jermaine uh, Bell says the SEC needs to consistently play the other leagues. Well, I don't know that the SEC needs to do anything because Coach Saban. Um, I mean, he's running that town. The SEC can is. do
1: what they want when they want how they want. It's just that simple. They're the best league in the country. Yeah. Like they, they are the most dominant. They're better than you, and they have no problem telling you they're better than you.
0: I agree. Ryan Scandura says wait until the SEC teams realize they don't have to they don't need the NCAA. Well that and that's the other thing here. When are when are when are all these big boys with, with deep pockets gonna figure out they don't need the NCAA? Yeah. When is that? When's that going to happen? Uh, Rent says Super Conference is lame. Only two will matter: Big Ten and SEC. Well, mm, we'll I see. Guess, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll see. Right? Gabe Ledley says GCU alum and Big Ten commissioner Kevin Warren. There you go. Yep. It all comes back to to GCU. Does it not? I I think it does. Uh, let's see. Rant says USC will rise up eventually. They will. SC's back. College football needs SC. SC is back. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, BYU is solid. The biggest challenge now is they need Mrs. Monty to chaperone the new players to keep the honor code. You're welcome. Yeah, that's that's not wrong. That That's that's not wrong. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Jordan Clarkson destroys ankle, says, come on, man. BYU went to the Big 12 so they could keep living in the U shadow. Nah. And this was the moment Kay Nuren's head exploded and nothing would be the same again. It's probably true. Okay, you okay over there? You feeling it? Uh, Ruff's official says Fox Sports is just as good as ESPN. Oh, stop.
1: Nah, that's not even a conversation, bro. Stop. I'm sorry. It's just Ruff not. Ruff says
0: Fox Sports is just as good as ESPN, especially with the NFL and MLB. Look up Fox Sports ratings versus ESPN. Do I entertain this? No. um let it- No. Fox Sports doesn't have the multi-platform reach. You're talking about TV. I'm talking about life. It's ESPN, ESPN2, ESPNU, ESPN App, ESPN Plus, ESPN.com. Like, I, I, you're you're trying to compare Fox Sports, who's a minnow, to ESPN, that's like an orca or the. Whatever the biggest the, shark what, in the ocean, bro. What is bro. the biggest whale? A sperm whale? I got a <laughs> sperm whale for you. Travis Bird says, uh, every conference in America would love to have the University of Utah um, into its conference. They would They would add style and grace and a pretty face. So that's a song. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I think Utah is a great program. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're coming off of arguably the best season in the history of, of the program.
1: The problem is they're
0: on the back foot right now. You they You have are. to figure out how to get to the Big 12. It's that simple. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. NY Jazz fan says, I just hope things work out. Where it will create some space for different teams to make the college football playoff, rather than the ACC teams dominating. I, I'm tired. I, I'm not. A well, Clemson first guy.
1: of all, the ACC teams don't dominate the college football playoff. There's one ACC team. Well, that gets there. The SEC dominates the playoff. I,
0: I think the ACC gets deference because of the names that are there. And I think I get what. What other name besides Clemson has there been? I mean, Florida State.
1: I guess. When's the last time Florida State was in the college football playoff? Several years ago. But, I mean, but, but come on, but, but hold on. We're, we're not. No. Florida State is a dude, legacy college. Dude, the football SEC brand. runs the college football playoff. It's oh. Alabama and Georgia every single year.
0: Like it is, and I agree. The AC, the ACC is another conference in in major trouble here. I mean, it, there's there's no question about that. We'll see what happens. I, I I think there are brands in in the the ACC, but they don't get close to the Florida State is not the brand that Florida is. I, I yeah. mean, Florida Florida is a bigger brand than. Miami. Florida is a bigger brand than just about any... Florida is a bigger brand than, than Clemson. Yeah. I mean, it, but who's going to win the ACC this year? Well, they already clang, uh, crowned Clemson.
1: The ACC is a basketball conference, man. Not a football conference. I would agree conference.
0: with that. I would absolutely agree with that. There is... They, I mean, I would agree with that. Ruff's official says uh, BYU does does have a big following, but they still have a weak schedule. BYU has a weak schedule?
1: Okay. Moving along. I, I <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just can't... Dude, BYU doesn't about? have a weak schedule. BYU has one of the best schedules around, like they do every year. That's one they, of the reasons they struggle.
0: There's just no way to spin the fact that BYU has been an unequivocal success as an independent. Yeah. There, there's there's no way to spin yeah. that. I, I, I Their schedule-making is how business is done in, in college football. And, you know, frankly, their biggest issue is they've had to knock off big brands – off their schedule to fit into the big 12. And yet you're still playing. Anyway, I I, I don't know if, hey, really if you want to say,
1: if you want to say, Hey, they're BYU is going to take their beating in the big 12 for the first couple of seasons. That's a conversation I can get down with Hey, like how competitive is BYU going to be in the first three to four seasons in the big 12? Can they compete for a conference championship? Can they be, you know, top three? I don't know. We have That that remains to be seen. I can tell you this. It's a bad look to go into a conference and finish bottom five. I can tell you that. So there's definitely pressure to perform.
0: Well, and I, I also think, you know, if you think about who's BYU got on their schedule, Arkansas, obviously Notre Dame. We're giving away a trip to that game, by the Baylor, way. A trip for two. Baylor. Um, Oregon. Oregon. I mean, to say that they have a weak schedule is is kind of ridiculous. I just... Yeah, anyway, let's keep rolling. Oh, look who's back. Dax Johnson. Dax Johnson. How's your Johnson, Dax? Uh, He says, morning, boys. Been a while. Love the show and Goku's. Appreciate (laughs) you being here. What's up, Dax? Uh, Mike Maple says they negotiated their own contract with ESPN because of their brand. Exactly right. Yes, yes. Exactly right. Uh, Tanner Plummer says, careful with the white salamander reference. That triggers a lot of Latter-day Saints. Well. It was a joke. And not our joke, by the way. Uh, Brandon Whiteside says college sports is so lame. Conference competing uh, more compelling than their actual games. Well, the off-field news is by far. More I don't disagree, man. You know, I don't disagree. Yeah, Kaineran says thanks again for the truth and nothing but the truth. You're welcome. You're welcome. You are welcome. Uh, let's see. Rugs eighty nine New York says how do does Ainge run the NBA? Please explain. Well, you can go back to the beginning of the show and catch an hour of that because. We did. Yeah, we did about
1: an hour on it. Go back By the, the way, beginning.
0: we're two days away from making that announcement. Yep. It is 755 Mountain. Yep. We are 48, 49, like 48 hours and five minutes. Yep. You know. Uh, let's see. Daniel Westover says, LOL, comments about BYU having a week's schedule. COVID year doesn't count. This year they have Oregon, Notre Dame, Baylor, Stanford. Uh, uh, Stanford is the one I was forgetting, and Arkansas. They look for big games. And yeah. they've had to take teams off their schedule. How pissed was Tennessee
1: when 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 BYU went there and beat that ass? How pissed was Texas when Taysom jumped over everybody. Don't tell Come me. On. Don't tell me that BYU has weak scheduling. In fact, one of the reasons BYU has struggled to be a double digit win team oh. every year is because the schedule is so deep.
0: That's yep. their problem. Uh, Kay Nuren says, I'd rather play BYU or have BYU play Notre Dame every year than Utah. No. Sorry. No. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, I I need the Holy War every and year. And hey,
1: listen, we're we're sending you to, to BYU Notre Dame. Like, we're doing that.
0: But the Holy War is by far more desirable. Have to. Yeah. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, I hate USC. I yes, think yes, yes. Everybody hates USC. Jerks, he says, exactly. Kurt Meyer says, college football needs the Holy War every year, every Agreed. single year. Agreed. Uh, James Knight says, I have nothing but BYU radio.
1: BYU radio.
0: And no. Nope. Uh, let's see. Brett <laughs> Robbins says, bros, FS1 has Bayless. Fox is peach. <laughs> <I'm sadden. laughs> Dax Johnson says, love the show, boys. Cannot be more excited for the Big 12 in oh 2023. I- I'm with you. I, I am with you. Uh, let's see. What is i I missed the throw oh
1: we have are we having a throw down here in the comments? No,
0: I guess on some level. uh, let's see Tanner Plummer says, uh, I'll do you one better, Greg. Jake, give me the you're welcome drop, please
1: uh okay let me uh, let me find this here. You're welcome, yeah, sorry, a little slow on the drops today. Oh, come on there we go. you're welcome there you uh, go
0: uh Brett Robbins says Boise and Stanford, okay um Dax Johnson says, I love the white salamander. <laughs> Don't start. <laughs> Uh, Kurt Meyer says BYU owned the pack last year they did um Spurs 5x champ says Notre Dame will crush BYU we'll see BYU's bigger BYU's got to stay healthy but do you but but here's the
1: thing this is what you can't get away from let's say that that Notre Dame does crush BYU let's say that that happens that doesn't matter you're they're still getting paid they're still on they're still on TV they're still like that's what that's what I mean like you can't number one you can't say the schedule sucks but then number two, you can't even complain when they lose because they're still raking in the cash. That's the problem. And they're the recruiting, problem. yeah.
0: And they've got Kalani. Uh, top Junkie says, "What the heck? Why is Utah dominating the sports talk world this summer?" Danny Ainge, BYU, BYU Utah, like, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And for a variety of different reasons, like the Utah, the
1: Utah football conversation is kind of a panicked one right now it's kind of a negative it's kind of a you know a lot of anxiety in that
0: Uh uh-oh here we go Brandon Whiteside with perhaps the comment of the day okay perhaps okay he says NBA conference realignment Minnesota to the east (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well played. Brandon, well played. Welcome to the show. Well played. Uh, NY Jazz Fan says, The BYU hate on U of U, and the U of U hate on BYU is so dumb. They make each other better programs for from competitive competition in all categories. One wouldn't be where they are without the other. Steel sharpens steel. I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. So... Uh, Brett Robbins says, do you guys, uh, do you got to be in Chi-Town to be a Jordan fan? No, you don't. Nope, You don't. Not at all. Not at all.
1: Whew. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. I feel better. I feel better. And now, I think we have to talk about Elon Musk. <sighs> yeah. Non-sports stories of the day. Time for that segment of the show. Um, Because Elon Musk is in the news again. I am a Tesla stock owner, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. Mm -hmm. My money guy bought it without my permission, Mm -hmm. and it pisses me off every day. Mm -hmm. Elon Musk is in the rumor mill again. One of his best friends is Google co-founder, Sergey Brin. Right. Rumors are flying that Elon Musk traded DNA samples with Sergey Brin's wife elon i don't know if this guy is just an undersexed maniac but his dad's got kids with his stepdaughter and like what are we doing just so you can go to pound town this okay so i guess this is the question i would ask
1: right right
0: is elon musk a rock star or like just a guy who cannot control himself. Elon. Where do you, so do you like Elon Musk? No,
1: I'm not. I'm not a huge Elon guy. I can appreciate all the innovation, all the tech stuff he's done, all the space stuff he's trying to do. I, I can appreciate that side of Elon. The off the field Elon, if you will, not a big fan of, of the behavior, man. I, I, I think that this whole Twitter saga thing, th- this story we're talking about now, like he just puts himself in bad spots. And Repeatedly. apparently,
0: allegedly, he puts himself <laughs> in other people's wives. Um, do you, oh, 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 Hello. hey. Hello. Hey. Uh, well, there, there? there she is. Hi there. Hey Miss America. Good morning, Mrs. Monty. How are you? I'm
2: good. Tip of the day. I don't, got a, I got a tip of the don't, day. You, guy, you've other been on the show three candles. minutes.
0: You've you've been on the show three minutes, and you already did it. Hey, um, by the way, here's a tip of the day. <laughs> Can I have the tip of the day? <laughs> anyway, and just kind of scruff it and I play think
1: with it. Elon
2: it- Musk is like a probably sort of a narcissist or an egomaniac. There's you know. something going on. I don't, you know, it's not always about that. You're under sex. Sometimes it's like you, you believe you have some sort of a cause to <laughs> or conquer. I think that's probably him. I, I did. There's something I get. I'm with Jake. I appreciate all the technology. I appreciate the pushing. He's done more for our space race than any, anyone. Elon. Recently.
0: Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Every day you roll up into the show and you drop some kind knowledge. of phallic penis reference. I dropped that, knowledge. That. I mean, every day.
2: Because I'm wise, and wicked.
0: Yeah, you are wicked. You are. Um, do you guys believe that Elon Musk had an affair with Sergey Brin's wife? Now, wouldn't be just surprised. So, just so you know, Sergey Brin, the co-founder of Google, yeah, is one of Elon's best friends. Mm-hmm. And Elon, I by the mean, way, vehemently denies this right but right. you can't tell me he didn't like google no 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 over mrs brin how do we know I, well, like but why does he get the benefit of the doubt? yes 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 I, why
2: <laughs> shouldn't he get the bet i mean like
0: why? oh i'm sorry did you ask you uh, own it did, like
2: if you're swinging own it like are you kidding me or did you or really one just
0: one kill one go yeah did you really just ask why, <laughs> why? Elon Musk doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because the guy is pounding box at work and like having twins, (laughs) his dad's off banging his stepdaughter. Like, are you kidding me right now? Why does, why does Elon not get the benefit of the doubt? Let me tell you. Yeah, let me tell you what now, Elon.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying
2: like, what proof do we have? And if you're swinging, own it.
0: Elon. Uh, I don't. I don't know for a fact. I wouldn't. If it's true, would you be surprised? <coughs> no, I would not be surprised. Who would be? No. Are you kidding I me right now? I would be surprised. But
2: that's why. Like, it's like you know, if it happened, it happened. I just think people need to be honest
0: about it's you the, know. It, but is the swinging thing real? Like it, it's in funny. the world, we were listening to a podcast last night. Right. Um, Fred Taylor, the former NFL running back, has. I think it's called the Pivot. And he does this podcast with, um, you know, several different guys. Ryan Clark from ESPN of Steeler, Legend. But Channing Crowder, the former Miami Dolphin and others, is now becoming a media star. And Channing Crowder goes on the pivot. And he talks about the fact that him and his wife like to go to nudist colonies. Hey, guys. But they don't share their DNA with other people. Right. Elon. And so <laughs> And so in this particular episode of The Pivot, and by the way, it's highly NSFW, it's on my Twitter feed. Do not watch it with your, with your
1: yeah, wife. Yeah, you 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 ain't trying to do that, yeah.
0: It's highly NSFW. But in this episode, Channing Crowder's like, "Oh yeah, we like to get naked with people, but we don't ever procreate." Um, we don't ever exchange fluids. Um, and then Kevin Hart, the comedian who was on the show as well, is like, "Wait, wait, wait! Here's the problem." And Kevin Hart goes on to tell a story about how a friend of his went to a swinger's party for the first time ever. They, him and it, this friend of Kevin Hart's and his wife, are like, "Yeah, let's let's go swing." Mm-hmm. And this dude proceeds to watch his wife entertain another gentleman. And he's like, "Yeah, that was it. The relationship was over right there. That's out of the window. I could, I, I've seen it, I've watched it, and I can't do it. Now I can't do anything. I, and the relationship ended. Do you know what that's like these days? No, I don't. Like, I don't think that I could. I don't think I could do it. Hell no. I, I, honest to God, like I am. I am a, a fairly selfish lover in that I am not the share share freely type. Yeah, guy.
1: you you got to be different to be yeah. to be swinging, bro."
0: I don't. I. If, if I. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you laughing? Hell no. I just think
2: people are so uncomfortable, like with anything outside of you know. Like,
0: are you
1: saying that that you would be comfortable? Kevin I- Hart was very comfortable.
0: He was uncomfortable talking. About- yeah, <laughs>
1: that podcast was real. It was like it was real. I Kevin
2: was comfortable with it, at all. I mean, I, it was. I don't know. Like, I I can't say that mentally, I'm like there. I can't say that like I would be comfortable in a nudist colony yeah. or a nudist resort. No. yeah But the guy was saying that he, it just felt comfortable
0: to them to be around other naked people. That's, That's some bullshit. No, 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 no. You, I don't buy that for a second. If you are naked, and so you're around a bunch of other naked lying, people. Then. You, you just think he was lying? I don't know. if it, I, it, it, Channing Crowder said him and his wife yeah. are just comfortable and they like being nude around other nude people. Yeah. But I think the best point about this is when you go to a nudist colony, you're not there with bros rocking six packs and, you know, six foot blondes who weigh 110 pounds. Yeah. You're usually there with 80 year old guy with male pattern baldness who's like 500 pounds and he's rocking like a piece of Masticcioli. Don't like you know that's who, who I am? Right, but that's who usually hangs out at nudist colonies. If uh, is that true? If someone six foot I tall and
2: 110 pounds, they'd actually be dead. So. All
0: right, my point is there's no hot six foot blonde. So, okay, call it 160 pounds. I don't care. There, you, You're not going to, like, look. Have... I don't know. Have you been to one? No, but the perception, I think. You well, can you cannot perception. make an argument to me. You have no idea. You, you're, so you're telling me you believe the argument. You're telling me you believe the argument that nudist colonies are stocked with people that are like good-looking humans.
2: I have no idea.
0: <laughs> but I, what do you think?
2: I don't know. I think there are people of all shapes and sizes probably just like there are in the rest of the world, people of all shapes and sizes.
1: I'm not doing it. I'm telling you, you right now. Dude, you can't tell me it doesn't feel weird to walk up on the nudist beach for the first time naked. Like, that's got to be a weird Bro, feeling.
0: Bro, I am not going to. First of all, as I said. Now, look, I'm an Adonis. Right. So when I get naked. But i I'm mean, a fucking unit. Yeah, it flows like a river, right? Right, like right. You just know that about Lana Line me. of cane and B12. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, right. And stuff. But the point is. Right. Okay. No, I'm not going to a nudist colony. Uh, and, and by the way, if I'm getting naked around other people, specifically women, I'm trying to get that. That's Mama's just go schlep rock. Yeah, we're guys. And,
2: and but that's the thing: nudist colonies are not all about hitting that. Oh my god! They are not, and I think if you would ask people who go to them.
0: You really okay, so I, I just want to Some people want the free to I, not I, have to wear clothes. I just want to clarify what a motherfucker saying I just I need to understand. You're telling me that people take off their clothes around other fucking people and they're like, oh man, that rack is beautiful. I'm not interested, but man, um, my God. Hey, how much is that shaped like a triangle not or is that a rack? Recti- everyone
2: is sex- yes, yes, yes. obsessed. Some people, and I truly <laughs> don't believe that. Yes. Not everyone is so sex wait, obsessed. You're,
0: you're telling me you go to a nudist colony be, be, because you just want to, you know, I'm fascinated. I saw that. I saw that museum Some piece where they want like, to feel free. I want Yeah, I'll feel free. I'll feel everybody <laughs> for free at a <laughs> nudist you know colony. you be kicked
2: out. Are you kidding that me? that is not what they are Bro, about. Bro, you roll up on the stop. nudist
1: beach and you're like, turn the hell on walking around the what? nudist beach. What are you going to do with yourself?
0: Are you telling me? come on you're really trying to make the case that you don't go to a nudist colony to have sex it's sort of a natural i'm not saying that no
2: one has sex but that is not the basis of a nudist colony what is it it's just think that that is you might need to think again about consent problem is when i'm okay it's not i'm not saying you're (laughs) raping
0: people i'm saying you're there out don't mean you get to have it no but just because you're 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 but jj's out mean I, you're nude together! Like, why are you nude together? You're nude together to put your seed in her garden. I think That's, that's what one. we do when we're nude together. <laughs>
2: that's because we repress and we hide our our physical bodies. Look, Adam and Eve, chill the
0: f- <laughs> chill, chill out, try, bro. You're, you're, chill try, out, you're trying to have like a Dr. Phil conversation? <laughs> I'm just trying to have carnal knowledge of other nude people at a nudist colony. Best. You do not go to a nudist colony not to have sex. I, I have never been, I probably don't know... But I think you should look in the pull that. the comments hey, up. What are people saying? What are the people, saying? It, 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 are the people it, saying? No. No. Teddy Wayman. <laughs> <laughs> LOL, if I'm going to a nudist colony, I'm definitely going to pound box. Yes, yes, Thank yes. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly right. You have the freedom to take your clothes off all you want at home. Right, but what was the point of getting nude at home? I get nude at home the all the time. The point is to be on the beach, sand in to your feet. To get your freak on. Around no, other
2: no people. sand no in your taco, sand man. Sand like, in your taco. Like, come on. And it's not always a beach. Sometimes there are nudist resorts well, where well, people but can put the podcast just said a
0: beach, didn't he? The podcast said Channing Crowder on the Pivot podcast. And again, go to my Twitter feed, The Monty Show. It's hilarious. It is, it is really funny. Yeah. Well, it's NSFW, so... You know, but... He basically was saying, hey, we went to a nudist... I think he said colony. Whatever he said. Okay. They went and got naked around other people. And he's like, yeah, we, we went home and had sex. We didn't have sex it's, with so people wait, there. So, wait.
1: so is the expectation at these nudist colonies... To just be so chill, like you're at the office at the water cooler, you just don't have clothes on. Is that is that what the expectation is? It's
2: it's yeah. I think that yeah, for I, people it's like a freedom of not having to wear clothes. No, that's bro. different, man. Of that being is comfortable just in their yeah, own. Yeah, I guess. Like, man. It is yeah, different.
1: I, I, okay. I don't think I could do it. Honestly, I don't top, think I could do top it. Top
0: junkie wants to know how many people at the mall would you like to see naked? Maybe zero point five percent, maybe. Same in a newest column. That's my point. You can't tell me that there's a bunch of good-looking hard bodies at, at Babe. hard's probably the wrong word. Babe. You can't tell babe, me yeah. yes.
2: Look at look at us. We still get naked and fuck. Right, but I'm
1: <laughs> whoa. Wow, so, wow. You know, wow. You're standard wow. Person,
2: you're only looking for someone who's you know. <laughs> but a that's my point. The scale,
0: you, but then, there are no tens at nudist colonies, or very few. There
2: are very few tens in life.
0: I don't just, but that's my, no, Elon (laughs) is not a 10, but that's my, I don't know. I guess that's my point. I, I, all I'm saying is if you're going to a nudist colony, you can't tell me you're not a freak. And if you're a freak, you're going to get your freak on. A freak in that part of your life. Yeah. I'm
1: not ready to characterize someone as, like, you know,
0: bad person or wild because they do yeah. that. <laughs> John that, Jackson wants to know if you just said that. Yes, she did. <laughs> yes, she did. Um, Brett Robbins says So, what do you do with these colonies? Like, just yeah. circle around your house? That's what all I'm day? saying. Do you Yo just man, like, uh... like what hey, do you look, do? Hey, look, it's Phil um and his lizard. Hey Phil. And his lizard. Hey man, you want some ice? <laughs> bro, you want some iced tea? Fresh brewed. Oh look, it's Carol. Kick it, we'll flow. Carol, bring the melons over. Let's go. Wait, I, was you, that
1: literally or
0: No, Carol, it's a no offense. I didn't mean to me- I, I apologize to that. Man. You know, I just misspoke.
2: I, uh, uh, you need time to process this.
0: What do you mean, process this? Dude, more time. If I'm in a nudist colony and I'm I'm processing. Correct (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's read. Some people are just built for clothing. You shameful hussy. (laughs) (laughs) You
2: shameful hussy.
0: (laughs) John Jackson says, starting the slow clap right now for Mrs. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Oh my god uh, Top Junkie says I had to do work In a nudist colony when I lived in Florida Do work Yeah. No. Um, so what tool oh, were you using yeah. <laughs> Hey You want to see my hammer <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some 60 year old dude was using A chainsaw to cut a tree with only Work boots on I've been I've, I've I've in therapy this is not safe. I'm just saying
2: not safe Bro Oh my! Is hey man? Was he um, wearing the safety glasses at least? Hey, I'm just um, saying, like maybe put a cup on. Like. Look,
0: it's uh, Ken. Ken's cutting down a tree. You hey, know. Ken, that's an awfully nice hot saw you got there. <laughs> hey guys, like like a knife through butter, <laughs> or well, a knife through Geraldine. Anyway, hey,
2: you see, you can't even control yourself <laughs> now. <laughs>
1: Oh my what
0: God! Is happening? I don't know what is happening. Uh, Giggity says, "Do nudists ever ask other guys how it's hanging, or do they just?" take the
2: <laughs> I think they can see how it's hanging. So, dude, ah,
0: we are children. Okay, before we get out I'm of the here, only adult
2: here. You really are.
0: <laughs> you really are the. O- she is the only adult in the room. She is the only adult in the room. Mm. Uh, all right, a Mm-mm. couple more. Do you think nudist Colony's Brett Robbins, do you think nudist colony people peek out the window all day for an opportunity to walk outside? Hey, man, do you think Jerry's back in his house? That guy's such a perv. <laughs> like, are, there's got to be uncomfortable bros at there the nudist colony. There has to be, dude. Like, there, sure has there, there, to be a guy, there has to be a guy who's like, hey, Scott, how are you? And Scott's like, guys, up here, please. Like, uh, that's got to be, and I... you cannot tell me there are not creepy dudes who are like reaching and feeling and humping people with their eyes.
2: I'm sure oh, fuck that fuck there you. are, but I think there's also those places have to be built on trust. Oh. And I think there's probably a lot of rules or a lot of, you know, unsaid rules that like you can't do certain things. They have to be built on trust. This is people at their vulnerable state.
0: My God. I I, I just can't. I can't. I, I, so. So you don't have to. Oh my god. What do you think? Okay. John Jackson, what do you think it's like for the FedEx man who delivers packages? Oh my god. Oh, he's delivering package, dude. Trust package. me Package. <laughs> package. All gas, oh boy. no break. Okay, speaking of you, use eufem- euphemisms. Speaking of euphemisms.
2: Come on, Oh. What
0: bo- it's speaking of nudist colonies, it's national chicken finger day right
2: okay that was not a euphemism nice chicken you made wing. it a you like it's not a use it's just it's a chicken finger do you
0: like ranch yeah do you
2: oh for god's sake
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay it is national chicken finger day right it's safe to bring the kids back out by the way it's national chicken finger day who has the best chicken fingers because i think there's only one option i honestly it's it's got to be Wingstop. Yeah. Wingstop has Their chicken yeah. tenders are incredible. And yeah. again, talk about talk about Super Chicks. Their ranch is honest incredible. to god. Incredible. It's ranch mixed with cocaine, it must be. So who has better ranch? Super Chicks or, <clears throat> or Wingstop? Wingstop's
1: ranch is pretty good. I I think I have to give the edge to Wingstop, but Super really? Chicks ranch is good. Yeah. Really, yeah. Mrs.
0: Monty, who's got better ranch? Wingstop or Super Chicks? I think I'm going super chicks. Probably super chicks. Okay.
2: The Wingstop Ranch is nice, but it's a little runny.
0: I it, feel like it's a little thin. Yeah. It's a little thin. I would agree with that. And super. Why do you. Why? Ugh. Why do you. What? What? <laughs> why do you have that what? look at? You? Grow up. What? Damn it. Anyway. And then the. So we agree that Super Chicks Ranch with Wingstop Chicken Fingers. Yeah. And then there's a condiment conversation, which is different than a condom conversation. Are we clear on that? On chicken fingers. The question I would ask is, what are appropriate condiments for chicken fingers? Because... Barbecue. You roll yeah. in here and you say ketchup, I'm going to slap. Barbecue.
2: Barbecue. Honey,
0: honey mustard. mustard ranch. ranch. Those three that's it that's and, it Well,
2: no like a, a good polynesian kind of a sauce like teriyaki or like or, or a sweet yeah, and sour like, yeah uh, you know like chick-fil-a sauce yeah yeah the but polynesian they have it, like, Hawaiian you know thing. even mcdonald's has like a like a, you
0: know i'm saying the staples sauce, though
1: the it. staples are barbecue honey mustard and ranch those yeah. three are like yeah
0: you know the go-to's but, yeah okay What's i agree with that here? you cannot put ketchup on chicken fingers i'm just ke- if you ketchup
2: are under if you're over the age of 10 you cannot. Oh. Understand you can put ketchup oh. on
0: your chicken finger. I like that a lot. 10-year-olds, you're free to use ketchup. 11-year-olds? Mm. Eleven- grow up. I mean, <laughs> we need some serious maturity out of the 11-year-olds today. Ketchup does not belong on many things. <clears throat> Hamburgers, yes. Hot dogs, no. What? Oh. I'm kidding. That's a joke. Ketchup on hot dogs is absolutely a thing. Yeah. Ketchup belongs okay. on hot dogs and hamburgers. It does not belong on chicken fingers. Mm-hmm. Ketchup belongs on a steak. If you're paying that much for a steak and you want to put ketchup on your steak, knock yourself out, kid. I'm not putting ketchup on a steak.
1: A1 sauce? No. <laughs> A1 <laughs> sauce. Disgusting.
0: A1's good. No, it, no, is, the, not. it is, the terrible, <laughs> is the, the devil's, devil's semen. A1 sauce is the devil's semen. <laughs> it is. I. I Did I, they get it from uh, the
1: devil's nudist colony?
0: Perhaps. There's no devil. Perhaps. I'm God sorry, what? There, anyway. You're fine. Anyway. Oh, You're fine. Shoot. I
2: think... Put your ketchup on your hot dog at the nudist colony. You're wow. fine.
0: I am not a Red Wing guy. The point is, <laughs> I I am... You said wow. it, not me. Dude. <laughs> I
2: seriously you, was talking about ketchup. So was I.
0: What do you Anyways. mean? Anyway, the point is, um, I it, it, chicken wings are easily one of my favorite things to eat. Chicken fingers are a close second. Yeah. I think Sears. I yeah. love, but here's the other question again: What goes good with with chicken wings fries. and chicken fingers? I don't think necessarily celery and carrot sticks are the best accoutrement. Yeah, I I gotta tell you, man, a good French fry. And i I need to re re I need to back away from something I said. I criticize Super Chick's French fries. Mm-hmm. We had Super Chicks last week and the fries were amazing. If you get the fries plain and you get their crack cocaine ranch dressing at Super Chicks, yeah. I'm telling you it's really good. Yes, now, yes, yes. Super Chicks chicken fingers are not bad. Mrs. Monty, you've had them. I have had them.
2: They're they're not bad. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know what's great about the chicken finger? It's a versatile food. The chicken finger can be eaten just plain as a finger food. It can go in a wrap it can go on a sandwich it can go on a salad i'm just saying like chicken fingers are versatile you don't
0: put chicken fingers on a salad you're oh, a casual yes, you no you don't yes you you, do. you put ground turkey as i did yesterday as a connoisseur of salad and healthy eating you put
2: <laughs> you can put chicken fingers on a salad it's okay you can do it at a nudist colony too
0: yeah okay. what is why standards don't matter why are you obsessed with nudist colonies all of a sudden can you please get maturity in your life my god Uh, Brett Robbins says uh, when I do chicken fingers I do mashed potatoes or coleslaw Uh,
2: (sighs) coleslaw is definitely if you have too much fried on fried on fried it's kind of rough that's why I feel like either a coleslaw the celery carrots you know I feel like max salad
0: max salad I like sure. max salad, yeah. salad from Mobetta's. Max Hell salad. Yeah. Max Hell salad. Oh yeah. I don't hate that. Warren Franklin says CWC ketchup and hot sauce on eggs. Fried fry eggs and scrambles. I don't know what CWC is. He says ketchup, hot sauce on eggs. That's a Mrs. Monty thing. Yeah. Yeah. Without doubt. Um, I already read that one. Let's see. Uh can I, Johnson, ketchup on chicken fingers? Hell no. <laughs> no. Uh, Greg Hawkins, try chicken fingers with gravy. Mm. Ooh. Yeah, that's bomb. It's popular sure in bomb. the Philippines, and it's delicious. Don't we refer to that as poutine? And Mrs. Monty, are you still traumatized from the hat? Yeah. Yeah, there was some- I don't some...
2: know the thought of gravy. I mean, I'm sure it's probably good. It's pro-
0: it, it, I think it's I good. I feel
2: like then you have to put the chicken fingers on top of a waffle and pour gravy on. Oh, tra-
0: oh dude. That would be amazing. Uh Travis Bird says chicken fingers are great with fry sauce.
2: Ooh, I'm not a big think fry sauce guy, I think everything's I think
0: everything's good with fry sauce though. Uh, there's
2: there's good opportunities for a good fry sauce.
0: What about syrup on chicken fingers? No. Damn. Why? Chicken and waffles is bad? I don't put syrup on it. Ch- you don't put syrup on chicken and waffles?
1: <laughs> Fried chicken with maple syrup and a waffle is bomb. Like Are you serious? You don't like that.
2: I don't know. The thought of it's its just but but Mrs. Like, it also does combine the tastes for me.
1: <clears throat> but you're also someone who doesn't like like when you have breakfast, you don't like syrup on your eggs. Yeah, you,
2: uh-uh. like, yeah, You got separate <sighs> that stuff. Nope, no, nope, no syrup. I, on my I don't.
0: Eggs. I don't know who you are anymore.
1: You
2: know who I am. You've lived with me for a long time. Well, naked, naked. But
0: I anyways, <laughs> naked and we fought. Like wrong? <laughs> Every day. Is it something you're doing intentional now where you roll into the show and you're just like, all right, time to talk about gigs." All right, where's the tip? Yeah. Hey, hey guys, can we mix in uh, some dicks? You only
2: invite me in when you're talking
0: about Elon
2: Musk, you know, being with someone else's wife.
0: Well, Elon, you know, is what it is. Hey, don't forget, we're giving away a trip or two to see BYU and Notre Dame in Las Vegas. Thanks to our friend Devry Davis at Academy Mortgage. Call him today 801 543 9666 801 543 If you're sitting here watching the show thinking you can't afford a mortgage, call Devry Davis today. NMLS number 278-545. Academy Mortgage and Devery Davis are equal housing lenders until tomorrow. Say goodbye, Jake.
1: Goodbye, Jake.